0: The tennis gambling podcast and the sports game podcast scenario is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN to get, 10%, to get a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge, sponsored by Edge Boost, free to enter, and $20,000 in Edge Boost deposit bonuses, up for grabs. Enter today at sportsgampodcast.com slash NFL playoff. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently Thursday morning. January 11th, and I'm your host always, Scott Rochelle. Once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun but short episode. We have four matches to preview in Adelaide and in Auckland because it is semifinal time. So we're going to preview those four matches individually. Then we'll get into the lock and dog picks at the end of the show. But before we continue, the match previews do want to do take care of some uh, housekeeping. Starting off with the lock and dog picks from the last episode in the quarterfinals. Ended up doing decently. We split, did lose the lock with Tommy Paul on the money line at minus 140. Mostly a schedule feed. Of Draper because he was off of that three and a half hour marathon against Kekmanovic in the previous round with no day off in between and we thought Draper would be exhausted and would look extremely flat. Instead, Paul was the one who looked extremely flat as Paul no-showed the entire match and he was, or I should say, at least the first set because he got killed in the first set six-one, then put up a fight. In the second set, he had a break point or two, could not convert, and eventually got broken to lose the match, as Draper did win 6-1, 6-4. Really not even close, and we did bounce back, though, with the dog play, as we had the over two-and-a-half sets in the Bublik and Musetti match at plus 130. Never really endowed. doubt, won the first set 6-3. Musetti opened up a big lead in the second set. Blew it, but then coasted in the tiebreak as he led 5-1 and eventually won the tiebreaker 7-4. And then Bubuk eventually won the match in three. I'll go into more detail during the semifinal match previews. But the point is Musetti did enough to get the job done for us. And as a result, we did win a plus-130 play. So I ended up splitting a little bit of profit with the dog, but still look for a sweep here on Thursday. But the last piece of housekeeping I want to take care of is actually the giveaway that we were having on the podcast. We just passed 200 episodes, and as a result, we were giving away a $75 SGPN gift card, and I mentioned how you could enter. Over the last couple episodes, the drawing's officially closed, and I'm about to announce the winner. So the winner, with a couple entries, once again did a random number generator, so if you did not win, don't get mad at me, get mad at the number generator, but the point is the winner was on Twitter, Adam MMA, and his at is at Ontarioonian. And as a result, he ended up winning. So congrats to him at Ontarionian. So if you are the winner of the podcast, message me uh, the podcast giveaway, then message me on Twitter in my IMs. And I will give you the code that you can redeem for the gift card. And congrats once again to you, Adam. Either way, moving on to the actual match previews. Got to start off with a an overall recap. Of the matches that we ended up seeing on Wednesday night and Thursday morning, starting off with the Wednesday night matches, I feel like one of the main stories in general was the either injuries or just the overall energy conservation entering the Australian Open because we ended up seeing, uh, for example, we saw Nori decide it wasn't worth it. He ended up quitting. Didn't show up for his match against Tabilo, and I ended up seeing another injury to Altmaier, which was a shame because that match against Fees looked pretty good, and then ended up getting injured early in the second set as he ended up retiring. So that was kind of one of the brief overall takeaways I wanted to mention. But for the sake of the matches, you ended up seeing Corda beat O'Connell. Was competitive, but Corda kind of led for most of the way. You saw Laheshka beat Jari Fun match, pretty even. Laheshko looks like he's in good form. I still don't trust him in big moments, but the point is he has a fun match against Korda coming up where both guys have kind of the same mental flaw that I just mentioned that should be a pretty fun semifinal match. As for Auckland, you had two matches. One was Taro Daniel beating Moore, which was a very nice win for us because we had Daniel to win the quarter at plus 650. So shout out to Taro Daniel for getting the job done there as he helped cash us a big uh, I'd say plus money price for the futures. The problem was that's really the only future we won it was not a good ep- was not a good series of tournaments for futures for us. But at least we won one long shot with Tyro Daniel. Then you had Shelton who ended up beating Baina 6'4, six four six three. As I said before, you ended up seeing Nori uh, not even show up as Tabilo got a walkover into the semifinal. As for the matches that took place on a Thursday morning, you had the marathon between Bublik and Musetti. Really, really bad choke job by Musetti. So to go through that actual match, Bublik was being a showman, doing classic Bublik things, had a drop shot followed by a random tweener for no reason with a winner, which was a pretty fun game. We ended up having four drop shots and a tweener. There was three drop shots and an underhand serve with a tweener a a frontward tweener for no reason which ended up resulting in a winner and then you ended up seeing Bublik running into the crowd trying to hit a running forehand missed and then ended up eating some I don't know if it was like fries or what the hell he had but some fan was eating and he ended up having a fry so the point is I think it was a fry so Bublik was still being a showman and it looked like Musetti was going to win the match Bublik was double faulting at will he ended up double faulting 11 times and Musetti was serving decently but then You saw Musetti have some choking issues in the past, and that popped up once again, because he was up in the third set for three with the break. Then he was serving for the match. Well, actually, he had a a match point with Bublik serving at 4-5, could not convert, and then he ended up having a chance to serve it out, got broken to uh, 15. So 15-40, couldn't get out of it, ended up getting broken. Then he ended up getting broken again, to lose the match at uh, 5-6. So, Musetti was up 5-3, then proceeded to lose the final four games of the match in route to a loss. He also had the really embarrassing put-away, which resulted in the break uh, to lose the match, where Bublik barely hit a shot over, and then you had a free slam by Musetti, and he missed the court. Just straight up missed the court. He kind of tried to hit a running uh, forehand over his shoulder, Uh, where he tried to put it away, and he just missed it. It was kind of reminiscent of that Warenka Warenka shot against Nishikori a long, long time ago. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. If not, look it up. It's one of the worst misses of all time. Basically the exact same thing. As Musetti had a free point at Deuce, ended up blowing it, and then ended up uh, getting broken the following point as he ended up punting away the... Golden opportunity to advance to a semifinal. The props to Bublick for hanging in there as he was able to get the job done. And I mentioned before Draper killed uh Paul and to go through the Auckland uh Thursday matches, only had one because you had Fees beating Altmeyer. He won the first at 7-6. Very, very fun. Then ended up going up 1-0. Altmeyer got hurt and retired. And that was it. That was the only match we had for Thursday on the East Coast in Auckland. But that kind of does it for the actual match recaps. Now it's time for the previews. We're going to start off with Adelaide in this one, and we're going to start off with the only match taking place on Thursday night on the East uh, East Time Zone in America. You have Korda taking on LaHeshka. Now, they've never faced off before. Technically, LaHeshka's 1-0 because Korda ended up walking over uh, in that match that we ended up having in Winston-Salem last year where Corda was injured and decided to not show up so no head-to-head matches to go through the path of both players though Corda has been looking pretty sharp had a bit of a shaky closing to the second set against Sonigo but he got the job done in straight sets then beat O'Connell in straight sets in the match on uh, Wednesday as for the, or Wednesday night, I should say. As for Loheshka, he's been solid, looked pretty good in the United Cup, ended up winning a set off of Djokovic, uh, did a lose in three to Zhang, so he didn't exactly get many great results, but at least he did win a set against Djokovic, and that kind of carried over into this event because he beat Walton in straight sets, beat Lohovic in three, and ended up beating Jari in straight sets in the quarters, and you're looking at the actual price of both players here, and you're looking at what should be a close match. Quarter is around minus 170. Lashka is plus 150. As for the game spread, quarter is minus two and a half at minus 105. You have Lashka plus plus two and a half at minus 115. Over/unders at 22 and a half. Over is minus 120. Under is even money. If you want the set wagering, you can get quarter win straight sets at plus 145. Lahashka to win in straight sets is a plus 325, and the match to go three is at plus one thirty. So both guys, as I said before, are pretty similar in terms of their flaw. They have the tendency to come up short mentally in some big spots. And the fact that they're against each other could mean you might see some fireworks and you might end up seeing a really long and competitive match here because Laheshka's looked very sharp in this event, and Korda's looked very good too. I think you will see a very close battle. I think both guys serving wise are pretty good, can be shaky at times, but I do think Laheshka's serve is slightly better than Corda, so maybe that's going to be an advantage for Laheshka. Corda, I do think, is the better returner, so that's kind of where the trade-off is. I do see a competitive match, though. I think Corda's probably going to win, but I do think that minus one seventy is a bit steep for this actual head-to-head matchup. So I think I'm going to lean to the value on the dog here at plus two and a half games. I can see three sets. I can see a battle. So I'm going to link to the over two and a half sets at plus 130, and I am going to link to the over in games at 22 and a half at minus 120. But simply put, give me a competitive match, a fun match. I think you might see a tie break, but still, I think you're going to see a competitive battle. Give me the overs into this match. Moving on to the next match that we have to talk about in Adelaide. You have a matchup between Bublik and Draper, and Draper is a massive favorite in this matchup, as he's minus 220. Bublik is plus 190. As for the actual spread, Draper minus 3 is minus 115. Bublik plus 3 is minus 105. Over-under is a 22.5. Over is minus 110. Under is minus 110. If you want the set wagering, you can get Bublik to win a set at minus 140. Draper in straight sets is plus 110. And the over-under for the actual sets, two and a half, the over is plus 145. The under is minus 175. Now, a big reason... For the huge money line price is the fact that Bublik had a war and a match you probably should have lost against Musetti, and yet Draper ended up burying the number one seed in the event as he ended up beating uh, beat uh, Tommy Paul pretty easily. So the point is, Draper's in great form. Bublik win as a head case, he double faults all the time, and he's more concerned about actually entertaining the fans than winning matches and I do think Draper's going to win this match pretty comfortably. Bublik, you can argue, is going to maybe try to save some energy for the Australian Open. Or maybe he's just going to go down early and basically punt the whole thing. But I think Draper's going to win. They faced off two times in their careers, both on grass a pretty long time ago. Faced off in 2019 and in London. And Bublik did win in three, faced off in 2021 in London, and Draper did win 7-6-7-6. Both on grass, though, several years ago doesn't really mean anything. But Bublik, once again, is a very talented player, but he's a head case. And we saw that in the Evans match, where he was able to get control of it, but he did go down one set to nothing. And then against Musetti, was down a ton in the third set and had to find his way out of it. Draper, though, has been kind of coasting for the most part. He had a war against Kekmanovic, but he was able to beat Baez 6-1-6-3 and beat Paul 6-1-6-4. I can see a potential lopsided set in here if Draper is able to get the return in play. I think he has an advantage in most rallies because Bublik is going to be impatient. He's going to go for some low... IQ shot selection, and I do think that's going to be the story of this match. But Bublik, if he goes down early, he's probably going to lose comfortably. So I think that Draper might end up winning with the game spread here. And I think that if he wins the first set, straight sets might be the way to go. Because I question the mental toughness of Bublik in this match since Musetti we know has been in really bad form for the last couple months. Not exactly known for being a great hardcore player. I think we can say that Draper is pretty much a hardcore specialist, and the fact that he is extremely patient in the rally game is going to really hurt Bublik. I think it's a really bad spot for Bublik. So for me, I'm going to go with the favorite here. Give me uh, Draper to get the job done somewhat easily, and I do think minus three games, maybe minus two and a half if you could find that. At like minus 135 or so, I think it's worth a look. But I am going to go with Draper to get the job done here and to advance to another ATP final. Now, moving on to Auckland, you have two pretty interesting matches. You have two Cinderella stories. One we predicted, the other nobody could have predicted. Uh, you have Taro Daniel. Uh, who was the Cinderella story guy so far for us as he kind of saved all our outrights? But still, he's going up against Shelton. He's a massive dog. Shelton is minus 360 on the money line, and Daniel is about plus 280. Shelton on the spread is minus three and a half games at minus 120. You have Tyro Daniel at plus three and a half games at even money. Over, under, 22 and a half games. Under is minus 120. The over is even money. As for everything else, you have these match to go to three sets is plus. 160. Sheldon to win straight sets is minus 120. Daniel to win a set is minus 110. Uh, besides that, though, looking at the head-to-head, Daniels actually had some success against Shelton in the past. Now, Shelton, we know, has been a very young and immature player so far in his career with a lot of upside. He's had a couple of really impressive runs. one Won ATP 500 at the end of last year, made a deep run in the Australian Open, made a deep run, made a semi in the U.S. Open. So he has had some deep runs, but he's also had some really bad slumps in his career. So he's in good form now. Hopefully it stays that way. And hopefully that translates into a good showing in the Australian Open. But they faced off two times in their careers, both times last year, faced off in Wimbledon and you saw Shelton get the job done in five and they faced off in Tokyo and Shelton ended up coming back from a set down as he beat Taro Daniel in a final set tie break. Now I will point out though, since it was in Tokyo, you ended up seeing Daniel have a massive Home crowd advantage, since he was the home country guy. Shelton overcame it, but he did get off to a slow start. Daniel in this tournament has been good, but he did have a bit of a war, and he ended up surviving a potential choke job there against Mueller in the last round, as he was up a set, and I think it was 4 nothing in the second set. Then I believe he was trying to serve it out in the second set, choked it, then lost in a tie break, but eventually was able to get a break early in the third set as he was able to get the job done, and he won the final set 6-3. So Daniel, we know, is not exactly a great server by any means, and that's going to be an issue because Shelton is. And Shelton, I know, can occasionally have a mental lapse in a service game, but I just think Shelton is too much firepower. Yes, I know that Daniel did give Shelton problems in Wimbledon and in uh, Tokyo. Wimbledon's kind of weird, though, because Shelton went up 2-0, so if it was two out of three sets, he would have won the match, but then Daniel came back. The problem I have with Daniel, though, is that I just questioned the firepower, and I do think that Shelton, with the serve, is going to be facing significantly less breakpoints than Daniel will be in this match. Uh, Shelton's definitely improved the backhand, which was his weakness. The forehand has been pretty solid. And I do think that his net game can be a serious weapon for Shelton in this match. But Daniel's also pretty short in stature as he's... uh, Actually, no, Daniel's 6'3". Yeah, take it back. I didn't realize he was 6'3". That's kind of crazy. He's 6'3". I didn't even realize that. I thought Daniel was like, honestly, I thought he was like 5'11". Okay, 6'3", I take it back. Uh, But the point is, Shelton, I do think, is the more talented player. I think that he has more firepower, and Daniel is still not a very good server. Looking at the actual path of Daniel, I mentioned it a second ago. Did face off against Vukic, who's a pretty good server, who was in bad form. Uh, enter in this event, but he was able to win that one Face off against Purcell, who has a decent serve, mostly a serve and volley guy, and then Moore doesn't really have much of a serve. This is definitely the best serve that he's going to be facing, and I think Shelton maybe doesn't get broken. Maybe gets broken once, but I do think Daniel might get broken one time minimum in every set, so I think Shelton has an advantage here. I think he should probably win, and I do think that Shelton will advance to a final, and I do think based on where the price is located... I understand why you might think that Shelton's too big of a favorite, or maybe you want to lean to the over. I think Shelton wins like six four six four in my opinion. I think he's going to be able to get the job done. I know D- I know that uh, Shelton hasn't really faced great competition either because Baena made a surprising run, and Morozin he ended up beating in straight sets, but he's won each of the first two matches with a total of nineteen games, either six three six four or six four six three. I see a pretty similar scoreline here. Give me Shelton winning 6-4, 6-4, if I had to guess on this uh, match. So I'm going to link to Shelton with the games. I'll lean to the under, uh, but I do think Shelton will get the job done in probably straight sets. And moving on to the final match that we have to talk about in Auckland between Tabilo and Fils, or Fees, I should say. Fees is a big favorite at minus 405. You have Tabilo at plus 325 fees on the game spread minus three and a half is minus 150 to be low plus three and a half is plus 120 as of the games over under the over 21 and a half is minus 125 the under 21 and a half is plus 105 and if you want to go for the set wagering uh, the match to go to three sets is plus 175 fees to win in straight sets is minus 135 and to be low to win a set is plus 105. So, Tabilo's in a weird spot because he ended up not facing off against Nori, which he was supposed to because Nori ended up not showing up. Tabilo, though, went through qualifying as he ended up winning against the likes of uh... Beecroft, who I don't know, and ended up beating Kipson. Then he ended up losing the first set handily to Gojo, and then he's dominated ever since. Ended up beating Gojo 6 3 6 2 in the final set, final two sets, then beat the Schulp 7 5 6 3, then did not face off against anybody in the quarterfinal. As for fees, he's been very sharp as he's not dropped a set. He's 5 and 0 in sets, and the one exception was Altmaier retiring early in that second set. Altmaier was in great form, though. And the fact is it was a very competitive match. I'm not going to take that away from fees because Altmaier was playing great tennis. And then feeds was pretty fortunate that Altmaier got injured because he was able to save some energy for this matchup. But fees, I think we know is the much better player in this matchup. Nobody was expecting to be low to actually make it this far, I do think that Fez is a future top 10 guy. I think he's going to show up for this match. I think he's going to look sharp. And I do think that Fez is easily the best player that Tabilo has faced in this event. No offense to Zancho, but I do think there are some levels here. And I think that Fez has much more upside. I think he wins in straight sets. I think that Fez is going to potentially get a couple of breaks early in this match. And I do think that Fez has the game to outlast Tabilo. And what can be maybe a competitive set or two, but give me fees to get the job done here in straight sets at minus 135. The game spreads a bit high for 4.5 at plus 120. The minus 3.5 is fine, but minus 150 is a bit steep. So for me, I think I'm just going to go with fees to win in straight sets here at minus 135 as my main play in this match. That's going to wrap it up, though, for the four match previews of the semifinals in Auckland and in Adelaide. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks, but for intending that, i of have a quick word from our sponsor. We're proud to announce the SGPN Playoff Challenge. Edge Boost is the first bet now pay later provider that enables you to double your bet at any sportsbook or DFS site with no interest. The contest is bankroll style, and you start with ten thousand virtual units. At The end of the playoffs, the biggest bankroll will win credit into higher advanced limits from Edge Boost. The winner gets a top. The top three get a deposit match from Edge up to twenty five hundred dollars with no interest or fees, and the top twenty five. Will get a deposit match from Edge up to $500 with no interest or fees. SportsgamPodcast.com slash NFL Playoff to enter the SportsgamPodcast.com slash NFL Playoff. We're also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, the official sports book and the official sports betting partner of the NFL Playoffs. And it is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get $200 instantly in Bonus bets, whether you want to end up taking the Steelers plus 10, maybe, or if you want to take the Bills minus 10, or if you want to go to maybe Matt Stafford's return to Ford Field, a lot of options that you can definitely bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. Down the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use code SGP. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on drafting sports with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. see slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gambling resources. We're also brought to you by game time. I don't know about all of you, but I personally love to attend sporting events in person. And it used to be very difficult to actually find a ticketing platform that I could trust, but that changed once I found game time because game time is the fast and easy way to get tickets without the stress, GameTime is great for buying tickets for sporting events, music, comedy, and theaters near you, and they also have a great feature that I do love, which is the Images of Seat Views feature, which will show you the exact view that you're going to get if you end up purchasing a specific ticket, so before you actually spend money without knowing what view you're going to get or if the view is going to be obstructed, it will give you a preview so that it will never be an issue for you ever again, but GameTime is also the fastest-growing ticketing uh, app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy. so You know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. tickets out the stress with Game Time. Perfect for the NFL playoffs. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code CFBX for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet, but directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, and a ton of social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut also offers low VIG and fully customizable odds, so you can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so all you have to do is place your wager and never have to worry about chasing anyone down for money. They also have great social features, group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, etc. They also have rewards. Get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T dot Use promo code SGPN to get a 10% deposit bonus. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And remember, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, win bigger by betting smarter this end of all season with Hall of Fame Bets. sports are analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea, no matter how ridiculous it might seem, into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value, Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN. You get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the semifinal matches in Adelaide and Auckland. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks. Starting off with the lock, I think we are going to go back to that last match we talked about between Fees and Tabilo, and I think we kind of have to go with Fees to win in straight sets here at minus 135. Simply put, I think Tabilo is a pretty interesting player uh, who has had some moments where he can show a lot of firepower, but Fees has been really good on these courts, and I do think that you're looking at a guy who's just much better than his opponent. And I was considering Shelton, but Daniels had some, had some had some uh, success in the head-to-head. Fees has been really solid ended up beating Gasquet, 6-3, 6-4, defending champion, beat Borges. Borges sucks, but he ended up only dropping two games in the entire match, and he beat Altmaier. Once again, first set did go to a breaker, but Altmaier was in very good form, and Fez was able to survive that first set, and I do think that was encouraging, in my opinion, because it shows me that Fees can handle some tough spots, and I do think that to be low, you can argue maybe the day off's going to hurt him, because he was in a good rhythm going through qualifying and eventually beating DeSant in the last match he played in straight sets. Then he had a random day off, and you might wonder if that's going to potentially hurt his preparation since he did have to probably prep for Nori, and that eventually was meaningless. But I do think looking at this overall matchup, Tabilo has been a pretty solid challenger guy who occasionally can make a run mostly on clay, in the ATP level he's not really known for being a great hardcore player and I am going to give it to him though he has been in good form recently but I do think that fees is the better player by a decent margin and I do think that he will be able to outlast to be low in a decent amount of these rallies maybe you'll get a competitive set or two maybe a tiebreak, but I think that fees is the better player and I think his price at minus 135 to win in straight sets is a bit cheap so I'm going to go with that as my lock also, just think in general, we're going to end up seeing Fees and Shelton in the final. I think that's going to be the uh, main outcome that people were expecting. I'm no different, and I think that fees is going to look pretty sharp in this match. So give me him to win this in straight sets at a pretty cheap price. And as for the dog, I am going to go to the matchup between Bublik and Draper. And I think I'm going to jump on the Draper bandwagon here. Give me Draper to win in straight sets. At plus 110, I think with this match, with Draper being a big favorite at minus 220, it's pretty telling that people are expecting Bublik to either do Bublik things and mess around or maybe just punt the match entirely, trying to save energy if he goes down early. But Draper's been really good. He's been very sharp. He showed no issues with fatigue after that match war against Kekmanovich. So I do think that he's in line for a very good showing. He looked really good against Tommy Paul. I know Paul looked bad. But it takes two to tango, and Draper did look very sharp. But I do think plus 110, fading a guy like Bublik, who's off of a marathon match, he probably should have lost. A guy that we know is more interested in entertaining than actually winning matches. A guy that should double fall 10 plus times in this match. And a guy that goes for random drop shots at very just ill opportune times. I think Draper is going to be steadier, and he's going to be more consistent. And I think he'll be able to get the job done in straight sets. Bublik, once again, if he loses the f- this first set, really might just roll over and die. It really wouldn't shock me if he ended up seeing Bubik drop the first set like 6-3 and then goes down a break early. And at that point, he's just punting every service game. So for me, give me Draper to get the job done in straight sets as my dog at plus 110. So once again, my lock dog for the show, the lock is going to be on fees to win in straight sets at minus 135. And my dog will be on Draper to win in straight sets at plus 110. That's going to wrap it up. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Show Radio. And a reminder for the actual upcoming tennis schedule, we have a, an episode for Friday, which will be the final previews in Auckland and in Adelaide. Then we have the Australian Open futures episode. We're going to be talking about the quarters and the draw and our picks to actually win the event. Spoiler, might just be Djokovic. We'll see what happens. But still, point is, I have a lot of tennis content coming up, so let's stay tuned for that. Besides that, though, find me on the NBA show, find me on the NFL show, and find me on other on a, a bunch of other podcasts of the network. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.